This is the House of Hockey podcast, where we talk about the game and the lifestyle. We've got opinions as hockey fans, friends, and from the female perspective. Welcome to our house. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. Today we have an incredible guest. You've probably heard his voice and will recognize it as soon as you hear him speak. We have Kenny Albert, who is the only play-by-play broadcaster to call all four major North American sports on a full-time basis in the 21st century. Just think about that for a second. That's very impressive. He's also the lead play-by-play voice of the NHL on TNT, This 2023 season is his 30th year broadcasting NFL games on Fox. You've probably heard him call Major League Baseball games on various Fox networks over the last 27 years. He's the radio voice for the Rangers, the Knicks on MSG Networks. He's called men's and women's hockey at the last six Winter Olympics for NBC. He's called 10 Stanley Cup Final Series, and he is now the author of the book, A Mike for All Seasons. Welcome, Kenny. Great to be with you guys. Um, we met in Seattle about a month ago, and uh, it was terrific catching up. And thanks for reading the book, and uh, thanks so much for having me on. Oh, yeah. The book was phenomenal. I read it so fast. I couldn't get enough of the stories you talked about in there. And there's so much synchronicity in your life of like, just meeting people and then working with them or different things like that, how it all has come so much full circle for you. But um, I wanted to just start, let let our audience know a little bit about your background. And obviously we want to just focus on the hockey. I know you do all of the other sports, but your dad being the a broadcaster and your uncles being the voice of your dad being the voice of the Knicks and the Rangers and you growing up in that world, paint that picture for, for everybody. Well, it was really all that I ever knew. I didn't know anything different. Uh, my father was a sportscaster from the first days that I can remember. And it was great. You know, I would, I would get to tag along and go to games at a young age and, when I was old enough, I would keep stats for him and then tag along on the road, but really learned about hard work and preparation when I would watch uh, him get ready for the various games. Uh, when I was five years old, my parents gave me a tape recorder for my birthday, and I started announcing games into the recorder. I set up my bedroom like a radio studio. I had the desk and the bed in the middle and the TV on the other side, and it was really all that I ever wanted to do. I did a lot of writing in high school and college, but play-by-play was, was the goal. Hockey play-by-play was the goal and uh, was very fortunate as I fast forward to get hired by a minor league team, the Baltimore Skipjacks in 1990. Uh, They were the minor league affiliate of the Washington Capitals and was hired to do their radio and really any other duty that was needed, marketing, sales, PR, go pick up a player at the airport. So um, fun times, invaluable experiences and wouldn't trade those two years in for anything. So do you have like a anything that you bring from the, like your dad, like listening to your dad growing up? Do you put that into anything that you currently do or is it or kind of just put that aside and just want to go down your own road? You know, not really consciously as far as any catchphrases or words that I might use. Some people that listen and watch the games think that we sound alike. Others think that we don't sound anything like each other. So uh, it's really a personal preference. But 
the, the major thing I learned, like I said earlier, was the preparation. Um, I have a checklist that I go through before each and every broadcast in every sport, uh, hockey, football, baseball, basketball, and uh, it involves watching prior games and doing a lot of reading and preparing charts and going through statistics and other notes that are provided to us by the leagues, the teams, uh, the networks. So it's probably more on the preparation side and what I learned behind the scenes from him. We talk a lot about on this podcast with our guests and between Breezy and I, I mean, we love hockey and we know you love hockey too. Uh, you talk about it in the book and you grew up around it. Um, but like, why? What is the magic sauce of hockey that separates especially hockey fans from the rest of the major league sports, in your opinion? I loved it from such a young age. Uh, played hockey in the driveway, roller hockey, street hockey. Started ice skating at a young age. I grew up on Long Island. And I remember when I was 12 years old, that's when the U.S. Olympic team won the gold medal in 1980. And I was already playing at the local rink, but uh, – you know, the number of kids, boys and girls who signed up right around that time exploded uh, due to the Olympic team winning the gold medal. And, you know, I don't know if it's just the, the speed, the skill, the fact that the players are on ice skates and not in sneakers, um, you know, is one of the main reasons why we all love the sport so much. Um, and they've gotten quicker, faster, uh, so much more skilled through the years with the advent of technology. But, um I've always loved hockey. Uh, like I said, that was my goal coming out of high school and college was to do hockey on the radio. I've been very fortunate to be involved in so many different sports, NFL now for 30 years and uh, basketball and baseball as well. Eight Olympics, hockey at, at six of those eight, calling men's and women's. So, um, you know, not sure I can pinpoint, you know, one specific thing as far as the answer, you know, to why we all love hockey. But, uh, you know, it's great that we all do. and. Uh, so fortunate to be involved with the NHL on TNT with Eddie Olchek and Brian Boucher and uh, Keith Jones the last two years and our great production crew and, and the studio folks. Uh, we had the opportunity to call the Stanley Cup final last year between Vegas and Florida. I worked the final uh, three years ago between Tampa Bay and Montreal. So um, we all love hockey and, and love talking about it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to meet people like you who, uh, help promote the sport with with this podcast and and spread the love uh, for the game of hockey. Absolutely. So, do you have a favorite kind of game that you like to 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 broadcast? I mean, is there? Is, I mean, obviously, the Stanley Cup is is pretty big, but having done everything that you've done, the Olympics. I mean, your laundry list of accomplishments there. Do you have a favorite kind of game to call? You know, I think you're always excited as a broadcaster to be involved in the biggest games, the biggest events. And, you know, I think back to the 2018 Winter Olympics when I called the women's gold medal game between the U.S. and Canada. Canada had won the previous four. U.S. won this one in a shootout. Just the excitement, the energy in the building, uh, you know, watching them uh, hoist the U.S., uh, you know, the United States flag when they played the national anthem. Um you know, that was certainly one of the top sporting events that I've ever witnessed and had the good fortune to call. Uh, the Stanley Cup final, I mentioned calling two of the previous three on TV, also worked uh, another eight on the radio side. Uh, first one was back in 94, working for NHL radio with the Rangers and Canucks, and then with Westwood One Radio from 2016 through 20. 
Um, you know, so I think back to a lot of those big events, big playoff games, game sevens. Uh, in the index, in the back of the book, I list all of the game sevens that I've worked through the years, um, you know, including, I think, back to L.A. Chicago in 2014 and uh, just last year, Seattle and Colorado game seven. Uh, so many involving the Rangers on the radio side. So those, those are probably the most fun games to work, the playoff games, the game sevens, the Stanley Cup finals, the Olympics. Um, but even throughout the regular season, we have so many fun games. Um, I'm here in Dallas as we speak for the Stars and Golden Knights on TMT tomorrow. It's a rematch of the Western Conference final, two top teams in the league. So it uh, should be a lot of fun. You hit a little bit of a sore subject between Breeze I know. And I, I thought about it when I brought I, up 2014. And... But then the Rangers, the team I worked for, suffered the same fate in a game five in the next round to L.A. Same goal scorer, by the way. I... So I feel your pain. <laughs> I know. Breezy and I have had it out enough on this podcast between the two of us with her being a Kings fan and me being a Hawks fan. And we go back and forth, but we both just were like, oh no, are we going to have to talk about 2014? <laughs> yeah, our only reference from a broadcasting standpoint, the opportunity to work a game seven. No hard feelings. I feel great. I feel great. Mm, I'm sure she does. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Kenny feels just fine because he's fairly neutral in the matter as a broadcaster. <laughs> You know what? I remember that um, game. So we're not well. going to put you in the middle of us. We won't. We won't have to discuss it any further. <laughs> but that whole see that whole um, twenty fourteen conference final. You list this in the book, and I just want to explain to people like a little bit of what your life is like because I don't think people necessarily understand. So you called twelve games in fifteen days not a single consecutive game in the same time zone. You went from Chicago, Montreal, Chicago, New York, LA, New York, LA, Montreal, Chicago, New York, LA, Chicago. What, what, how do you even handle that? That's insane. Can you go through that list of cities backwards now? Let's see how good you are. Um, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was, that yeah, was let me crazy. read it again. Right? Yeah, that was a crazy period. Um, I was working for NBC and was assigned to the Western Conference Final. And then the Rangers, the team that I do radio for, happened to make it to the Eastern Conference Final. So there was a lot of back and forth. The only game I did not work was game one of the Rangers in Montreal for logistical reasons, but uh, wound up working the other 12 games, red eyes, early morning flights, L.A., Montreal, Chicago, New York. But I think the adrenaline carries you through. Luckily, knock on wood, I had no issues with the voice. and. Uh, wound up then calling the Stanley Cup Finals. So I'm not sure this will ever be matched. I wound up working the last 17 games of the NHL season that year that were played in the entire league. Impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> That's unreal. That's an unreal uh, experience. Can we um, go back and talk about uh, life on TNT, uh, NHL on TNT, with your colleagues? There was um, – a story in your book that you had in 1984 sent a letter uh, for an autograph to the men's Olympic hockey team playing, and you randomly picked Eddie Olchek, and he actually sent you back a signed photo, and now, of course, your colleagues together. Um, but do you still have the photo, and have you shown it to Eddie? I do have the photo, and I've showed a picture of it to Eddie. It's at home. 
I don't think I've ever carried it with me and showed him the actual photo, but he's seen a picture of it. Totally true story. 1984, I was 16 years old. Eddie was 17. For some reason, I selected him. I picked one player on that 84 U.S. Olympic team to send a letter to, and Eddie Olchek actually wrote back, sent me an autographed photo, uh, personalized, and that was up on my wall from that point on for a long time. And amazingly, uh, here we are 39 years later working together, broadcast partners on TNT, worked at NBC as well, and he's such a great person. I know you had the opportunity to meet him in Seattle a couple of weeks ago when we were all out there and you grew up in Chicago as a huge Blackhawks fan, but Eddie was a, a terrific player, scored 342 goals, uh, won a Stanley cup with the Rangers and has had a hall of fame broadcast career. So, uh, you know, somehow I picked his name, wrote him the letter back in 84. He wrote back and uh, now we've been colleagues for a long time. Yeah. But what did he say when you showed him that? I told him the story about 15 or 20 years ago when he was, uh, early in his broadcast career. I think he was, he was pretty amazed by it. He actually mentioned it in his book as well. He wrote a book about five years ago. So, um, you know, it's hard to believe. And then our other partner the last two years, Keith Jones, who's now the president of the Philadelphia Flyers, 31 years ago when I was broadcasting in Baltimore in the minor leagues, he joined our team at the end of his collegiate season at Western Michigan. So, between writing a letter to Eddie Olchek in 84 and then meeting Keith Jones in 1992 for the first time, and then we wind up working together as a crew in in 2021, you really can't make it up. I think you manifested it. I think you were ahead of your time of the, of the presence and the popularity of manifestation, Kenny. I wish I had those powers. That's funny. I mean, at that rate, do you even get starstruck anymore having stories like that and, and doing everything that you do? Is there... Has there ever been a time where you have been starstruck by a, by a player? Yeah, probably probably not anymore. You know, working as a professional all these years, you're around a lot of the top athletes and coaches. But I do remember meeting Wayne Gretzky for the first time when I was about 15 or 16 years old. Have a photo with him. Uh, meeting Reggie Jackson when I was 10 or 11. That photo's in the book as well. Um, so, you know, as a youngster, certainly. But uh, you kind of get used to it. And it is surreal to have Wayne Gretzky and Walt Clyde Frazier, their names on the cover of my book. They wrote the forwards, uh, both broadcast partners of mine, Clyde with MSG and the Knicks. And Wayne is part of the TNT pre and post game crew. And they traveled with us during the playoffs each of the last two years. So I uh, couldn't be more excited to have their names on the cover along with mine. I could just imagine the stories. I'm sure there's not many you can share because that's all sacred sacred time but uh would could we talk a little bit more about the olympics and how um the nhl players were maybe gonna go uh what was it this season no the last uh, year 2022, right 2022 right 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 22 but with the pandemic and all of those choices that they made but um, do you think they will go to the next Winter Olympics? And if so, do you think it's a good move for um, the players like to to bring that sort of uh, star power? Like when you got to see um, Jordan and all of them when you went to the um, Olympics with basketball? Yeah, I certainly hope they do. Uh, it sounds like the players collectively, the top players would love to go and uh, represent their country because they have not now at the last two. 2018 in Pyeongchang and 
2022, the NHL did not participate for various reasons. So a lot of the young stars have not had that opportunity to represent their country. Uh, the first time the NHL went collectively was in 98 in Nagano and then Salt Lake in 02, Torino in 06, Vancouver in 10 and uh, 14 in Sochi. And I was fortunate enough to be a part of uh, four of those uh, calling games on the men's and women's side. But hopefully the NHL can work it out with the Players Association because um, the general sense is that all of the top players who would be participating and representing their countries uh, would love to be there. Oh, yeah. There's so many players. We had talked about it during that time, like Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, like some of these huge names that we've known for so long have never been in Olympics. It's sort of shocking when when you think about it. Right. The NHL has also talked about a World Cup of hockey, reinstituting that. So uh, we could see several different international tournaments involving NHL players uh, potentially over the next few years. World Cup was cool. I remember watching that. It was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Wasn't Matthews? I think he was the rookie. Right. They had the uh, the under twenty three team. Maybe they had they had a number of countries, and then they also had yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's all play together on 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 one team. I just remember both teams were just going neck and neck, and I was like, "How is this even going to end up?" <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch. Breezy, talk to Kenny about being a jinx. Oh, yeah. I have not read your book yet, but Ray was filling me in, and she said that in your book that you had written that you you are considered a jinx to some extent. Is that, is that how, it, how it's written out? Well, you know, we all, we all check out so, social media so often, and uh, I want to set the record straight right here on your podcast that the broadcasters have absolutely nothing to do with what happens on the ice, on the field, on the court. If we mention a shutout, if we mention a no-hitter, we are not responsible. We're just reporting facts. So uh, despite fans in certain cities thinking that announcers are a jinx, I'm setting the record straight right here. (laughs) That's it. We're never talking. He's never talking about it again. Well, we we talk about jinxes a lot here because of just so much of the superstition mentality that's baked into the hockey culture. Um, and you having played and and watched, do you did you personally have any sort of superstitions when you when you played in in college or even just in some of the charity uh, events that you've participated in? You know, when I think back and I didn't play, you know, at at a high level, I played club hockey in in college and high school. But I guess I didn't have any superstitions because I remember for a number of years wearing number 13. That that was my uniform number uh, for some of the seasons in high school and college, not all. So uh, not really any superstitions. Um, Don't really think I have any now, you know, as far as in, in the broadcasting world. So. Uh, not a jinx and no superstitions. Any That's good a- player superstitions that you've heard? You know, I've heard about players who, uh, you know, put a certain skate on first or tape their stick a certain way. So, you know, we all have routines that we go through. So I guess you could maybe include that in the same category. Um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of do the same thing on a game day as far as when I leave for the game, when I get there, where I go when I set up in the booth. So it's not necessarily superstitions, but definitely routine. Well, 
13 is a lucky number for Taylor Swift. And I, I know you've had the opportunity to meet her. So it sounds like you two have something in common. I did. I met her in 2014 at a Knicks game at Madison Square Garden. Uh, the photo is in the book. She was sitting two seats away from me. I was calling the game at midcourt at the uh, broadcast table. And uh, our statistician was the only person in between us. And at halftime, uh, she got up to leave. And uh, he said to her, my daughters would kill me if I didn't take a picture with you. And she was so gracious uh, about it with him. And then I said the same thing. So she actually took my phone. She took the selfie. I think she likes a certain angle for the photos. So Taylor Swift actually took the phone, took the selfie, and uh, handed it back to me. But she could not have been nicer for the 20 seconds that we interacted. And he here's some more full circle for you. She's she's back in your world again, Kenny, as a, as a big-time uh, fan of, of football now. She's uh, right. making appearances all over uh, the league now in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I haven't called any Kansas City Chiefs games yet this year, but and I don't think they're on the Fox schedule, but uh, she is certainly – Made the rounds at various NFL stadiums. Okay, back to hockey, though. Could you give us your your hot take, if you will, on the top team to watch in each of the divisions? Wow. Um, you know, we're, we're not yet a quarter of the way through the season. But I think, you know, when you look at the teams that went deep into the playoffs last year, uh, all having great success once again. You know, you look at Vegas and Dallas, among the top teams in the West. Uh, you know, Florida right up there in the Atlantic Division. Carolina's gotten off to a bit of an up-and-down start, but they'll be there at the end. But, you know, in the Metro, the Rangers, the team that I follow on a regular basis, uh, they won 11 games consecutive, you know, without a regulation loss until uh, – what took place in Dallas last night. They allowed five goals in the third period, but the Rangers are off to a great start. Boston, I'm a little surprised, you know, with the retirements, Bergeron and Krejci, but they've picked up right where they left off last year, 13-1-3, you know, as we speak. Uh, Dallas and Colorado in the Central. And, uh, you know, Vancouver's a surprise team. Uh, Rick Tockett, a former colleague of mine at TNT, has done a great job with the Canucks. Uh, but so many other good teams out there when you think about Tampa Bay, Toronto, Colorado. Um, so the NHL season's off to a great start. I'm looking forward to the Vegas-Dallas game tomorrow, uh, rematch of that Western Conference final. So, um, you know, I think there are probably 10 or 12 teams you can look at right now and think they could be legitimate Stanley Cup contenders come uh, this May and June. Well, Breezy, so, as you notice, he didn't mention any of our teams. So our predictions on that are, are accurate, I think. Oh, very impressive LA. I left the Kings out a couple of minutes ago, but I saw them in Vegas two weeks ago, and uh, they, they've been one of the top teams in the West as well. There we go. I, I oh, needed to hear that. Oh, God. One. Now but you I knew are your both, you're both ganging up on me here with this Kings nonsense. I can't take it. You're going to say go Kings go by the end of the season. I'm just going to tell you that anyway. <laughs> Never. Sorry, Kenny. Again, you're in the middle of our, our beef. Go ahead, Bruce. <laughs> okay, so a couple weeks ago, Ray and I were in Vegas, and we decided that we were going to put a $5 bet on who was going to win the Stanley Cup this year. So I want your opinion, because Ray put 5 bucks on Vegas, and I put 5 bucks on the Devils. You know, I, I always stay away from predictions because I'm usually wrong. So I'm not going to throw one team out there. 
Um, you know, both terrific teams. We saw what Vegas did last year, going all the way, winning the cup. Uh, the Devils are a terrific young team led by Jack Hughes, who unfortunately missed some time, but now he's back, scored a goal the other night in his return against the Rangers. Um, you know, with the Devils, the goaltending, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, you know, they're not off to a great start in that department. They're still young, but I think they're a team to be reckoned with, certainly over the next decade with with Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt and so many of, the, of their other terrific players. They brought in a former king in Tyler Toffoli this year. It's a tough division with the Rangers, Devils, Carolina, uh, Pittsburgh, Washington, Philadelphia is playing well. So, um, you know, as far as those two, those two teams, they certainly have a chance. Uh, Vegas has a great chance to repeat. The Devils certainly have a chance to go far in the playoffs. But, you know, it's not easy once you get there. And, you know, the Rangers last year won the first two games against the Devils, 5-1, 5-1, wound up losing the series in seven games. Uh, who knows? They could be on a collision court to meet this year again. Yeah, we're uh, Breezy and I don't typically make predictions either in a serious manner whatsoever because we are in agreement with you on like predictions, especially in a sport like uh, hockey. It's just it's like you said, we're only a quarter of a way through the season. It's absolutely it's very difficult to do that. So we just thought uh, five dollars was worth our ridiculous predictions uh on on that uh something else that is forward looking uh the professional women's hockey league how we finally got some joint forces here uh with the two former leagues that have now combined and we finally get to see some of the legends on uh, the team USA and team Canada now playing in a season. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this new development with women's hockey? Well, it's very exciting. I'm a big fan, big proponent of women's hockey. I've called women's hockey at uh, six winter Olympics now, and I've become friends and colleagues with a number of the players who have uh, taken part. AJ Malesko, Kendall Coyne, Schofield, uh, just to name two. I've worked with the Lamarue sisters as well, Angela Ruggiero. So uh, they're all friends. Some of them are retired, no longer playing, but um, look forward to uh, keeping track of the developments and then watching the league moving forward. We are too. Breezy's big fan of uh, Hillary Knight, who's playing in my neck of the woods and we're uh, we're big supporters of the professional women's leagues and supported it as well uh, before this new merger. So we're we're looking forward to seeing that uh, that sport grow. Is there anything that you haven't done play by play for that you want to? Like, is there any? Do you have anything on your list or like a bucket list item? Uh, I've pretty much done almost every sport imaginable. So there's not really. Much out there as far as a bucket list. I've done Stanley Cup finals, uh, worked one Super Bowl, the international world feed. Um, I've worked basketball and baseball playoffs, Olympics. You know, the goal is to just keep maintaining, working, you know, some of the top events, hopefully in the in the various sports. Um, you know, called some soccer and lacrosse back in the day. I've done some boxing and track and field and volleyball tennis, but I've never been involved on the broadcast side, never done anything golf related. Um, you know, the one sport that I have done once, and I wrote about this in the book, so you probably read it, but 
The one sport where I felt like I had no idea what I was watching was college wrestling. This was about 30 years ago. And fortunately, I had a great color analyst. I had done all this research and spoke with an Olympic wrestler and uh, watched prior events. But once this match started, I really had no clue what I was watching. Kudos to doing something out of the box that, you know, you might not have done before. It takes a lot of bravery to even do that, Kenny. Well, I enjoy the variety. You know, I enjoy learning other sports. Uh, when I did track and field and volleyball, not ashamed to admit that I went out and bought the books, track and field for dummies, volleyball for dummies, and even spent time with our local high school volleyball coach. And I asked her to fill me in on the, the strategy and the history and the rules. And, uh, you know, that went a long way towards my preparation. But, uh, you know, boxing's a lot different. There's no ball or puck. And you also try and get some of your best notes in early because it could end at any time. So there are definite differences between the sports. Um, you know, I often get asked which is the most difficult to do from a play-by-play -play standpoint. A lot of people on the outside think it would be hockey because of the names and the changing on the fly, the fast pace of the sport. But to me, it's actually the easiest. It's like riding a bike. I've done it for over 30 years. And uh, the, the pucks in continuous action for 60 minutes in basketball, the ball's in action for 48 minutes. Football is the most rhythmic. It's one play and then it's 20 or 25 seconds. It's another play, 20 or 25 seconds. Baseball, you have the most downtime between pitches and between batters, although it's sped up a bit with the introduction of the pitch clock last year. Um, but uh, like I said, love the variety of sports. They're all, they're all different from a broadcast standpoint, radio and TV also, uh, different on radio. You have to be descriptive the entire game, give the score and time a lot more often because the viewers, uh, the listeners can't see it like the viewers would on the television side. Whereas on TV, uh, you don't have to describe as much. You can leave a little more time for your color analyst uh, to get in during live play. We, we always like to ask our guests uh, if there are any stories that you can share of interacting with NHL players, either present or retired, something uh, funny. We've heard stories of uh, players shoe-checking uh, reporters and broadcasters. I didn't even know what that was until she <laughs> explained what that was. But uh, anything just uh, fun that you feel comfortable sharing about an interaction? Well, one of my favorite stories in the book was uh, from my Baltimore skipjack days in the American Hockey League when my roommate on the road was Barry Trotz. Uh, to save money, they had the radio guy and the assistant coach room together. And for two years, uh, we were road roommates. And early in my second season, I had done an interview with Barry, and he said something that came out a little funny. I didn't use it on the air, but... I, the mistake I made was I went and played this cassette tape for some of the players and the word got back to Barry and he told me he would get me back. And sure enough, four months later, uh, the only time that we fly all season was up to the Baltimore to Boston, Boston to Halifax, Halifax to Sydney, Nova Scotia. So we landed in Sydney in the late afternoon and it's a really small airport. I walked down the steps onto the tarmac and there's a gentleman at the bottom holding a clipboard with my name on it. He said, is this you? I thought he wanted to identify what our personal luggage looked like because it wasn't going to make it until the next day. It was a small plane, regional jet. They had to get all the hockey equipment and the hockey sticks on. But they bring me into a room and start interrogating me and eventually put me in a, in a police car. 
And the questions range from, is your passport valid? Have you ever been arrested? Uh, do you know anyone that's in trouble? Did you have anything illegal in your luggage? And the answer to all the questions was no, I had no idea what was going on. And it turns out it was all set up by Barry Trotz as a prank. They would get one person each year, one of the Capitol's uh, security chiefs, his brother was the head of police up in Sydney. So they set it all up. And after about 20 minutes, they pulled up to what looked like the team hotel and dropped me off and filled me in that it was a prank. So that's probably my best story that I have. It's so good. This is meant to be fun. And we have asked every single one of our guests these questions. So it's just what we do. Who is your ultimate hockey hunk? Wow, you might have stumped me on that one. Um, you know, I guess I guess my broadcast partners would kill me if I didn't uh, if they weren't the answer. So I'll have to go with uh, you know the guys in the booth. We'll take it. And then, who is your favorite hockey lady? And you don't have to say us, obviously. Well, I mentioned AJ Malesko earlier, and she's been a great broadcast Paul games together as well. So uh, she's a good friend and a great broadcaster. So uh, uh, I'll throw out AJ Malesko as the answer to that question. I second that. I thoroughly enjoy uh, listening to uh, her call games. Breezy, ask him the last question. Do you have any Sidney Crosby stories that you can share with us? He's a great guy. You know, the times that I've spent interviewing him and uh, around him in the locker room, he's meant so much for the sport of hockey. Um, he did a video once. My daughter is named Sydney, different spelling, uh, S-Y-D-N-E-Y. But when she was young, uh, he did a video for her, which was very gracious of him. Um, so that's probably my best Sydney Crosby story as far as a personal interaction. And then getting back to the second question, I have to also mention my daughter, Amanda, as far as my favorite hockey lady. Uh, she works for the National Hockey League as a video producer, editor. She's been there for a little over a year. So uh, doing a great job at the NHL. So I'll throw her into that uh, mix as well. Thank you, Kenny, for your time. Tell everybody where they can get your book, A Mic for All Seasons, and where they can follow you on social media. Well, thanks to both of you for having me on. Really enjoyed it. Um, there's an Instagram account, which my daughter runs, a mic for all seasons on Instagram. So hopefully all of your listeners and viewers can give that a follow. Uh, we post pictures of the book during its travels to various cities and sporting events. Uh, the book's available in bookstores online, barnesandnoble.com, uh, Amazon, Target as well, Triumph Books, uh, wherever books are sold. So uh it's a, it's a great gift for the holiday season coming up. Uh, thanks to you, Rachel, for reading it and uh, hopefully enjoying it. Oh, really yeah. appreciate you having me on. Of course. Thank you for your time. And I, I can't thank you enough for uh, what, what you did when we, we met randomly in Seattle. And I don't know if I expressed it enough or clearly enough because I was just so uh, overwhelmed at the moment, but I am a huge fan of your work and Eddie's and all of the players, all of the people, former players that you've mentioned as well in the in the TNT space. I, I just really appreciate what TNT allows you all to do for hockey when you cover it. And on that big stage, I 
don't think anybody does it better uh, than what you guys do there. And um, the way they allow you guys to just be you and to really embrace the sport and the way that the players are and the, the joking and the humor and, and all of that, I just, I'm so appreciative of it because I, I feel really protective of the sport of hockey, even though I don't really have any claim to do that. So um, I just do. And I think what you all do is, is really important for the sport and the growth of it. And uh, thank you for all that you guys do. Well, really appreciate the kind words. It was great meeting you in Seattle. Get the book Absolutely. online for all seasons. Order it now. It's the perfect Christmas gift. You will not be disappointed. I enjoyed every moment of it, all the stories, and really getting to learn um, about you and your background and how much work goes into what you do and how much you love it. Like You, you can really tell. So thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.